Well, good morning. It's so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here and participating as we worship the Lord. I'm not at a loss for words. I do want to just take a moment and savor the moment. Do you all know the Spirit of God's here this morning? Yeah. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Without Him, all that we do and all that we say would be for nothing. We prayed and we asked for a sweet sense of His presence. and He's here and we're grateful and we're thankful. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us this morning. But the best thing I can think to say right now is, Hallelujah, what a Savior. There is none, there is none like Him. I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in a few minutes we'll be partaking and observing the Lord's Supper uh, as you're finding your place there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to take just a moment to say thank you. Uh, this past week, uh, Lyme Baptist Church participated in two uh, community events. And uh, I'm just grateful for those who uh, represented the church and represented the Lord and gave leadership in both of those. Uh, we had a, just a large number of people come through at the, uh, at the candy distribution. What night was that? Tuesday night? And uh, we just had an opportunity to, to encourage people and meet people and invite people to, to church. And uh, there, there were a lot of seed that were sown. And then uh, yesterday at the uh, Heritage Day, Gene uh, uh, and I came and uh, I, I was just so thankful for the people that were manning the booth and uh, the ministry, the ministry uh, that was done. And so I'm grateful. Lionel Baptist Church uh, continues to get outside the four walls of the church and the community and desires to, to make an impact in the lives of others. Thank you for that. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read beginning verse number 23. And those who are able, if you'd stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning verse number 23, the Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, The cup 
is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you this morning for the power of your word and the guidance that it gives to us in our life. Thank you for how you, through the working of your Holy Spirit, use your word to impact our lives. I pray that, uh, that, that your spirit would indeed this morning take your word and make it personal in each of us as we prepare to receive the supper of our Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I was sharing this morning that in 46, going on 47 years of ministry, I have observed the Lord's Supper and have administered the Lord's Supper in a variety of churches and settings. I don't think the preparation has ever had the impact on my life that it's had this week. Been deeply moved as I prepared to lead you as a church. I believe that every time we receive the Lord's Supper should bring revival to our hearts and lives. Every time we do it corporately as a church, there ought to be a sense of renewal and refreshment that comes to our, comes to our lives. The Lord's Supper is in reality a calling us back to our first love, calling us back to our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a time for a new dedication. Now let me just suggest what the Lord's Supper is not. One is the Lord's Supper is not a means to salvation. We, we don't receive the elements and receive the supper of our Lord in order to be saved we experience this because we are saved. And so it's not a means to salvation. Also, it's not just another activity of the church that we 
that we do. I went back this week and looked at the uh, legal documents of Lionel Baptist Church. And of course, some of this goes back many, many years. And the Constitution and bylaws of this church speak of the Lord's Supper. In fact, it's very precise in saying that unless the church has a need to do otherwise, that on the second Sunday of every calendar quarter, Lionel Baptist Church will observe the Lord's Supper. Why do you suppose that was a part of the legal documents of Lionel Baptist Church? Uh, there, there are some that would say, well, uh, we, we need to have liberty and freedom of the Spirit. I don't think the documents uh, would, uh, would oppose that. And yet, we believe that the Spirit of God was working in and through the people of Lionel Baptist Church when that was put into place. That we will observe the supper of our Lord. And so what would be the purpose of that being done? That it would be so precise that would say that on the second Sunday of Every quarter of the calendar year, the church will observe the Lord's Supper. Now, I realize that this is not the second Sunday of, the, uh, of this quarter. We, because of other, activity, other things going on, I want to tell you, we'll be back the second Sunday in January. Because it's a meaningful time. And so I just want to call your attention this morning before... Before we receive the, uh, the Lord's Supper, and talk to you about the purpose. What is the purpose? Well, one thing, it, it gives us an opportunity to look back and remember. Uh, right here is the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. A diverse church and a church that has a lot of challenges and a lot of needs. And yet Paul says... You as a church, you as the people of God need to come around the table of our Lord and remember what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. Do you agree with me this morning? It's very easy in the day and time in which we live to get distracted. A lot of things vie for our, for our attention and our time. Paul says... We need to take time to look back and remember the sacrifice of our Lord. Remember the cross and reflect upon, upon the meaning of that. And I just ask you this morning, has there been a time when the Lord's Supper became deeply personal and meaningful for you? I'm not talking about just going through the motions. This is the time to do it, and so we're going to do it. No, when did, when did it impact you? And I recall many years ago, Sunday morning in my home church, I, I was serving as a deacon in my home church, and, and the elements were being distributed. 
And the thought occurred to me, Lord, you really did die for all of us. For all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I want to tell you, if the Spirit of God has ever spoken to me, he spoke to me in that moment. And he said, Larry, I did it for you. I did it for you. And that became deeply personal. But because I, I really believe in the way that only God could do, that when Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross of Calvary, yes, he was dying for the sins of the world, but I believe he's also dying individually for each and every one of us. And that needs to be very personal for us. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. Isaiah, in Isaiah 53 talked about a man of sorrows. 700 years before the coming of Christ, he was talking about Christ. The man of sorrows who would give his life for us. That ought to be deeply meaningful. It was for Philip Bliss. Philip Bliss said, Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place, condemned, he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a Savior. Lifted up, was he to die? It is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Oh, hallelujah, what a Savior. When he comes, our glorious king, all his ransomed home to bring, this anew, this song will sing. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Oh, I just want to remind us this morning, there is no one like Jesus. Think about it. His life for mine. His life for mine. How could it ever be that he would die? God's son would die to save a wretch like me. Why do we observe the Lord's Supper? Because it takes us back. And causes us to remember the sacrifice that he made for us. Not only to look back and remember, but also to look within and repent. What did Paul say? Paul said, examine yourselves. He didn't say, check one another out. He didn't say, look at your neighbor and 
And think about uh, all that your neighbor needs to get right. He said, examine yourself. Check yourself out. See what is there. Uh, do what, what David did when he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my faults and see if there's any wicked way in me. It's a time of examination. And that's the preparation. I encourage you this week in the uh, newsletter to spend some time in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Not just, not just read through it, but to meditate on it. And examine yourself in preparation for this time. It's, it's way too important just to go through the motions. Missionary was in his first tour in West Africa. He was pastoring a church there. And, and it occurred to him that since he had been there, that they had not observed the Lord's Supper. And so one Sunday morning, he just uh, announced to the congregation, tonight, tonight during the evening service, we will observe the Lord's Supper. He said he began to notice one of the older, elder gentlemen of the church. Sitting on the front, he began to weep. He said it was almost uncontrollably. So he just stopped. It was sort of a, a, a casual type of atmosphere and, 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 and inquired. And the man says, oh, pastor, please, please don't ask us to do that tonight. He said, why? Because we don't have time to properly prepare. You see, they were accustomed to spending Days and sometimes even weeks getting right with God and getting right with one another. They would even have special services like we would call revival meetings simply to prepare to receive the Lord's Supper. Would to God that we would... Uh, Recognize the need for us to use this as a moment to get current with the Lord. If there are things in our, in our life that we need to examine ourselves, because self-examination reveals our sin. And sometimes we think of sins of commission, things that we have done that we shouldn't have done, but there are also sins of omission things that we've not been obedient, that we need to ask the Lord's forgiveness. We failed to, to do what we should have done. Sometimes they're sins of the flesh. But then they're also sins of the Spirit. They're sins concerning relationships. Do you see, do you see what Paul is saying to this church at Corinth and what the Spirit of God would say to us today. That in receiving the Lord's Supper, as you have a clear conscience, 
And as I have a clear conscience, and as we're clean before, before the Lord in a fresh and up-to-date way, do you see how that would breed unity in the church? Do you see how that would bring about brotherly love for one another? And I just want to suggest to you, that's what the supper of our Lord is all about. And then finally, we look back to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. We look within and, and repent. I, I wish I had time this morning to, to just run with the word repent. I, and I may do that Wednesday night. By the way, we had a great crowd here Wednesday night. Thank you all that are faithful to come. Thank you that are faithful to work with these boys and girls. Sowing the seed. You know what I thought about Wednesday? Now I'm chasing a rabbit. I got to get back on it. You know what I thought about Wednesday when I saw all those boys and girls? I wonder if there's a Billy Graham sitting out there somewhere. I wonder if there's a wonderful hymn writer. I, I wonder who we're dealing with. Oh, I'm grateful that you don't take that lightly. Thank God. Thank God. And so we look back and remember, look, we look within and repent, but then finally we look ahead and rejoice. What Paul said, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. You see, Jesus, when He gave Himself on the cross, He didn't stay in the tomb. Oh, on the third day, bodily resurrection, ascended back to the right hand of God. And just as surely as that happened, He's coming again. He's coming. He's coming again. And every time we observe the supper of our Lord, we're proclaiming. We're, we're proclaiming our hope. And our hope is not a hope-so kind of thing. Our hope is a confident assurance. That just as surely as Jesus was here, that He's coming again. Scripture that Mark read this morning from Acts chapter 2, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, Jesus was ascending to heaven. He was leaving, going back to the Father. And the Bible says that uh, they were watching Him as He ascended. And some angels appeared and said to those that were there, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that you've seen going to heaven is coming again in like manner. And with all that we see going on in our world today, just any day now, just any day now, our Lord is coming.
So we come to this high and holy moment. If you're here today and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've been scripturally baptized, then we invite you to come and you participate. We practice open communion and we encourage you to be a part of that. I invite you to come. But more than that, the Father invites you to come to his table. His precious Son, the Lord Jesus, the one that made it possible, says, come. the one who's deeply present with us this morning, the Spirit of the living God. Won't you come? Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. And the day of unleavened bread came, on which the Passover must be sacrificed. And he said, Peter and John, saying, Go and make ready for us the Passover that we may eat. They said to him, Where wilt thou that we make ready? And he said unto them, Behold, when you're entered into the city, there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house whereinto he goeth. And you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went and found as he had said to them, they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the apostles with him, and he said to them, with desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I shall not eat it until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he received a cup, and when he was given thanks, he said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I shall not drink from henceforth of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And the cup in like manner after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Even that which is poured out for you, but behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man indeed goeth as it had been determined, but woe unto the man through whom he is betrayed. I'm going to ask our deacons to please come forward as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper.
It said that on the night before he was betrayed at the conclusion of the feast of the Passover, which he and his disciples were celebrating, he took bread and having blessed it, break it, gave to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And Lord, as we partake of this bread, Lord, I just want to thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Yes. It is already spoken to each heart and each mind that's here. And Father, we're not worthy, Father, but it's for your grace. Mm -hmm. And I thank you, Father, for that. And I pray that as we partake of this bread, may we May it be of the utmost importance for us to remember the sacrifice of your body for our sins. Lord, may you take it and use it. May you strengthen us. Lord, may you strengthen your church. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
This is the bread that came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He that eateth this bread shall live forever. On that same night, our Lord took the cup. Having blessed it, gave to his disciples and said, This is my blood, which was shed for you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Lord, to partake of this cup, Lord, just help us all the more remember of the blood that you shed for us on the cross. Father, I'm so thankful today yes. for the love that you have for us. Mm. Pray that you would take it and use it for us for our better and better. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
And according to the law, I may almost say all things are cleansed by blood. And apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all our sin. And as Paul said, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. After our Lord and his disciples ate the bread and drank the wine, celebrating thus the first supper of our Lord, it said that they sang a hymn and went out. We're going to stand together and sing an old hymn of the church. But then you're not going out right yet. Let, let me say, if you noticed, we didn't do a public invitation this morning because of the flow of the service. But if there's anybody here that has a decision that you'd like to make for the Lord, I'd be so honored to talk to you about it. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never trusted <coughs> Jesus as your Savior, and something about this service moved, moved you in your spirit. I'd be honored to talk with you more about becoming a Christian. Other decisions, other decisions. We're here for you. And uh, we can help you in any way. After we sing, we're going to be seated. Jeremy's going to come and, and share some announcements about upcoming activities. But would you stand together as we sing together? You're going to have to help me now. We're going to sing the doxology. Amen. Y'all ready? Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings Praise Him, O creatures, hear me low. Praise Him, a 